Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Kent. Well, the phones are ringing once again, and Mother Angelica is answering the call from the classic TV shows of the 80s and the 90s. I'm Doug Keck, along with my co-host here, our network chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Great to see you again, Father. You too, Doug, and I always learn something new and just some new spiritual insights that we can all gain from Mother's wisdom. Okay, let's take a look at some of the topics she'll be dealing with. I am happy I was dumb. This is an interesting <laughs> one. Time to pray and the start of the Spanish radio in South America. You'll remember that. Mm-hmm. Of course, you were here. Uh, also, you teach the truth, and we were born to die. I'm happy I was dumb. <laughs> uh, who was Mother talking about? People educated beyond their intelligence, right? <laughs> have you ever heard that? So you have all of these degree letters after your name, perhaps. Uh, and uh, and yet somehow we miss the point that God exists or we get educated supposedly to no longer believe in God. But you know, um, Doug, the geniuses of human history, those who have been really the ones who've brought about great discoveries, were believers. People, you know, like you think about the church's history, and a lot of the clergy were those on the forefronts of optics and genetics and uh, the cosmology, cos- cosmology, right? And all of these things, the scientific method really comes from the Catholic faith. Absolutely. And it's interesting, too, because Mother references in this talking about, in effect, global warming, which she kind of mm-hmm. casts a little bit of uh, an eye at with the uh, maybe not as believing it as much as some of the people I think today think about it, uh, though she would always be someone who'd be supporting uh, taking care of God's creation. But she also talks about the idea in this, which I thought was interesting, that the discoveries of today will be nothing tomorrow. Right, that there's always something new that we come to, and hypotheses that we held so strongly before suddenly get overturned, you know, as we discover new things about God's creation. And that's another thing, too, about uh, the history of the scientific method, is that the church understood there's an order to the universe, and it's for us to discover it. And that was really the basis for the scientific method and scientific discovery. Absolutely, and and one of the points Mother makes is you can be smart and dumb at the same time. But, you know, it's interesting, and I don't know uh, if you heard this story, but we're all going to be able to hear this story that Mother tells about a professor who was an atheist who had a very interesting experience. Let's see what Mother has to say in this episode dealing with I am happy I was dumb. We have another call. Hello? Yes. Yes. Where are you from? I'm from Rhode Island, Bristol. Oh, great. Yes, I had a question for you. Yeah. How is a man, you know, or actually any individual, you know, who's surrounded by science because of their work and uh, also at their age where they start to, I don't know, feel like they need to go about and embrace everything in life, but at the same time live a 
to the commandments lifestyle, but at the same time, almost because of science and the way things are going in our technological, you know, endeavors, has fallen away from the belief. I want to know if you have any way or tricks or, or some way to keep the faith. I have, I have a hard time people losing their faith with some scientists. He has to be a stupid scientist not to believe in a god. From nothing comes more nothing. We're talking about this warming business, okay? It also warmed up in the Bronze Age and the whole world fell apart. Maybe we got another Bronze Age. Maybe we got a scientist age or a, a Silver Age or a smart age now. You know, we're all so smart. I don't know how you could look at a sunrise. They don't know anything about the sun. They think they do. They spend all these things up there. They couldn't even land half of them. They have these scientific things up there and they're living there for months and they come down. We don't know what happened. All they're doing is analyzing what is already there. They, all they, can, they can't even create. Oh, now they're going to clone. But they need something to clone with. And that something was created by God. <laughs> you know, there's a joke that says, the scientist was arguing with God. He said, wait, look, we don't need you. We can do everything. And we can make men. The father said, fine, go ahead. And the scientist said, well, I need some dirt. He said, well, that's mine. You can't do anything without starting with something God already created. Please don't let a scientist who doesn't even believe in God make you think there is not a God. I told you a couple of weeks ago about the, the teacher, the professor who was an atheist. He was dying and he said goodbye to his wife because his whole idea was he would sink into darkness and that would be the end of him. Well, it wasn't. Because he saw himself getting off the gurner and he's looking and his wife was crying and the doctors were working on him. And he said to his wife, hey, hey, I'm okay. She didn't hear. His soul was there and he didn't know. He didn't know what to do. Because that wasn't what he believed in. All of a sudden, he hears two voices in the hallway. And he goes out there. They were two little demons, but they were too little. Taking him into a fog. And it got deeper and deeper. This is totally out of his brain. He didn't know what to do. And they started clawing at him on the way down. You know, I've read a lot of after-death experiences. I never read one that was gone to hell. They're all seeing lights and Jesus talking to them. And, I mean, it seems to be wonderful and they don't want to come back. But this guy, I mean, he was petrified. And finally he says, oh God, well, those two disappeared on him. Then he realized. 
something he never did before. He said, Jesus, save me. And then the fog was gone. And our Lord came and two angels came and showed him his entire life. My friend, the discoveries of today will be nothing tomorrow. That's the way it is, because there's always new discoveries. In the time we were talking about this morning, the sisters and I, in the time of St. Teresa of Avila, she had stomach cancer, that's what she had. Every time she gets sick, they put these leeches on and, and bleed her. God, that was the scientists of that day. <laughs> It, it's a wonder she didn't bleed to death. Our Holy Father Francis had eye problems from crying so much for his sins or everybody else's. They put a hot coal on his eye, blinded him. That was the science of that day. People died and died and died, but somebody said, I think when you perform an operation, you better wash your hands. What? Are you mental? Why do I have to wash my hands? What's wrong with my hands? They're full of germs. What are germs? 200 years later, we found out what germs were. In the meantime, all these women died. That was science in that day. You know, I learned to have great intellects today. In fact, the greatest intellects have been among us the last 50 years. We'll take, we'll give them 60 years, okay? We'll add 10 more to it. <sighs> but if the intellect God gave you, and you allow the enemy to turn it against him and say there is no God in the midst of such proof, <sighs> I don't, I think that's stupidity. You can be smart and dumb at the same time. I'm happy I was dumb. Because <laughs> I'm free to say, oh God, I love you for being so good to me. You read your scripture and follow the teachings of the church, and you will not be deceived. And moving on to our second topic, we have Time to Pray and the start of Spanish radio. So let me ask you, do you remember when Spanish radio got started? I remember when we were growing down there in our Spanish affiliates and so on. And, um, of course, this was something that Mother really wanted to do. How can we reach the whole world? I remember one meeting that you, you and I were at, uh, mm -hmm. And Mother said, this is the question, how can I reach more souls? Absolutely. And it's interesting here because the other question had to do about praying. And you think so much of our outreach and her insight came through prayer. Mm -hmm. And she talks about the, uh, the idea that with what's going on in the world, we really have to pray for mercy. It's our only solution. And you see what's going on as mm -hmm. we speak in Ukraine and the right. other parts of the world. And thank goodness, in a way, so many people are praying. It's one of the reasons the network's here, and uh, I often say that. 
We're one global family praying together. What a powerful thing. And that's really what the media should be used for, right? To unite us in prayer to our one Heavenly Father, asking for his mercy upon the world so much in need today. Right, and she points out that so many times uh, our country in particular, let alone other parts of the world, are constantly pushing God out of the way when they should be really running toward him and embracing him. Let's see what Mother had to say. Time to pray and the start of Spanish radio in South America. We have another call. Hello? Mother, this is Richard from Kansas. And what is your request? Uh, Mother, what can we out here in the pews do in terms of devotion to Our Lady or special prayers or devotions that we can say? I'm trying to figure out how to say this. I would pray right now. I think all of us should pray that our dear Lord will have mercy on the world. And especially this country. No country has been so blessed as this one. And we, we seem to have forgotten. We allow and do terrible things under the guise of law. But laws can be unjust, unfair, even evil. I think we're beyond right now action. I think God must intervene. No political party is going to change anything. We've gotten so far, we have to say, Lord, save us. And I, I think it's the only solution is to pray. Pray for our country. Pray for the world. Something is happening to the world everywhere. There's wars and wars and wars, and people hate and hate and hate. And, and this country is constantly pushing God out of the way, out of the way, out of the way. Even in the Catholic Church, where they don't, some don't teach the Eucharist, they don't teach devotion, they don't teach our Lady, they don't teach anything. So, I think the time has come for all of us to pray. And I say, Lord, come and save us. There is no other way. Well, we only got two minutes. Would you believe it? Seems like the time passed. Don't forget between your gas, electric, or water bill. Any bill at all. Uh, I have a little pitch going on. I suppose you're tired of hearing it. I'm tired airing it. But on June 14th, God willing, we will be all over South America, 24-hour Spanish. <laughs> we lose almost 8,000 Catholics a day to other religions and no religion. We want to go around the world to say one thing, <coughs> come home, go to Jesus. There is a God 
and he loves you. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Keck on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us. Part two of Answering the Call, Mother Angelica's program, hosted by Doug Keck and Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Our topic now is You Teach the Truth. Amen. That was always Mother's intention, right, Father? Yes, and if you look at our very mission statement, the mission statement of EWTN, here it is. Eternal Word Television Network is dedicated to the advancement of truth as defined by the Magisterium of the Roman Catholic Church to serve the orthodox belief and teaching of the Church as proclaimed by the Supreme Pontiff and his predecessors. So that's our great goal. That was Mother's intention and to be a vehicle in which other wonderful groups that we host uh, here that it can be a vehicle for them to reach out with the truth as well. Absolutely. What I thought was interesting, too, and the, the gentleman who was calling was a convert and talking about, I left Protestantism because individuals kind of made it up as they went mm-hmm. along. And when I see that happening in the Catholic Church, it's distressful. We had an interesting article in the Register blog, uh, I think it was last week or so, where he's talking about he was a convert to the faith and just how the rules were really helpful, right? They gave him some guidelines, Mills, some David boundaries. David Mills, wasn't yes. it? David Mills, right. Right. So we sometimes don't see that, but it's true. To have some guidance on the direction to the fulfillment of our lives, we need that. Absolutely. People are looking for direction. Uh, when you're just flailing about, uh, that's where confusion breeds itself and and she makes the point that liberals have no doctrine mm-hmm. and she says you got to believe in something so they make things up to a kind of a parallel uh, to what chesterton said about people when they stop believing in god they don't stop believing <laughs> in it they believe in everything exactly. you know, anything so so we can just be motivated by our emotions in the moment or something that's more stable the truth absolutely as mother tells us you teach the truth we have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. How are you? I'm fine. And how are you? Very good, thank you. Calling me from Massachusetts. Um, what is your question? Um, I'm a recent convert to Catholicism mm-hmm. from a Baptist church. Yeah. And I teach CCD now. Good. Um, my concern is that there's so many Catholics, uh, especially those in positions of leadership, who have so little respect for the church and the magisterium. When you spoke of uh, Joseph's humility and obedience, it made me think of this. Uh, I have bumped into many nuns, priests, and religious and lay people alike who think things from abortion may be okay, that the Pope is wrong on women in the priesthood, and that Mm -hmm. they really know what's going on. Well, coming from a a Protestant uh, church where the individual is kind of uh, held up as the ultimate arbiter of truth, this really drives me crazy. Uh, We have such a gift in the magisterium Mm. in the church uh, that I don't know what to do. I, I butt heads occasionally with uh, with the sister who's in charge of religious education, and I don't want to create unnecessary enemies. But I can't stand it. It literally, I get very upset uh, listening to the kind of nonsense that's going on in in the church. And I was wondering what your comments would be. Well, I would continue on doing what you're doing. I mean, some people after you you say something three or four times. 
you know you can't talk to him anymore. But I would, I would never allow uh, an untruth be taught and she, without saying it, this is really not true. And you got your catechism. Now, if you hear, if you, if you bring the catechism to him and you open it up and says number 1430 says this, and they don't believe it, ah, <laughs> you know, you can't. They have chosen not to believe. There's nothing you can do. You can't reason with someone who has chosen not to believe. You can reason with someone who really, totally never learned, is ignorant of the truth, has never been taught, is sincere, but just doesn't know. Those I would spend hours with. But somebody who has a catechism in their hand, who thinks that their whole idea is the best, that there's no magisterium, that the liberals have no doctrine. You give me one, I'd like to see what it is. They don't believe in Immaculate Conception. They don't believe in the in the that Jesus knew he was a God. Twenty four and a half, he found out. Whew. They don't believe in any of the doctrines or dogmas of the church. None. They they don't believe in. They don't believe in the Eucharist. They think it's a symbol. If a crumb falls to the floor, oh, it's nothing. It's just like our Lord disappears on the way down. See, they have no doctrine. And so they have to make up things. You've got to believe in something. So they make up all of these things. And, and I think the best thing to do is let them alone. Um, as far as you're concerned, if you're a CCD teacher, you teach the truth. If the others don't want to, well, then I would go somewhere else and teach it. You see, we can't compromise anymore. We are, we are compromised ourselves out of the faith. We've compromised ourselves out of devotion. We're afraid of this and afraid of that. I fear only one person, and that's God Almighty. I fear no man, because if they don't want the truth, it's, I'm sorry for it. I will speak the truth. We must speak the truth. If they don't want to hear it, they made a choice. You're not dealing with somebody's ignorance. You're dealing with people who have alphabet soup after their name. They got LLDs and PhDs and ABCs and the whole bit. But they're ignorant. Educated beyond their intelligence. <laughs> Educated beyond their intelligence. Now, and that's by choice. By choice. So we, we cannot really, uh, not hopeless, no, not hopeless. There are some that are only delivered by prayer and fasting. And wrapping up this program for this week, we have a topic, We Were Born to Die. Mm -hmm. And Mother takes that on pretty directly, doesn't she? She does. You know, I had a chance to see this uh new series on EWTN. It was actually produced in Spanish and uh, it's dubbed in English called Reborn. I think mm -hmm. they're going to do all of these sacraments. And there's a question in there. There's a young man who's uh, nearly died and uh, this monk is talking to him and, he, and the young man says, well, I should have died. You know, almost that that's what he deserved. And the monk replied, it's not for us to choose either life or for death. You know, that it is for us to live out what God has for us 
if we're living, that he has a particular mission for us to live out. Right, and it talks about, Mother mentions, you were given a time, a time in which to work out your holiness. And so with that situation is uh, the time that you have, even if you're suffering and going through terrible pain or situation, it's all p- part of a redemptive path you're on. You saw that with Mother Angelica up close, mm-hmm. didn't you? Exactly. You know, and that we had prayed for her and we had wanted her to recover, but that didn't happen in the way that we wanted but it happened in a way that was fruitful for many souls, including those who visited her, but even beyond that the network grew more than it ever had in its history. And probably for Mother's Soul as well. We were born to die. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. And where are you from? I'm from Hawaii. And what is your question? Um, first of all, I'd like to say that we love you here in Hilo. Thank you. And I have a question for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. What if an elderly person who has lived a full life discovers that he or she is going to die and they feel so devastated and what and want to live for another, say, 10 to 15 years? Are they scared or something to be going home into to eternal paradise? I, I think everybody is afraid to die. I think that's normal and human. I don't think anybody here wants to die. I mean, the way some people live, you'd think they would want to die. <laughs> but they don't. Nobody, even how, no matter how miserable they are, do they want to die. Why? They say, I'm uncertain. Why, if you've read this book, if you've listened to the teachings of the church, why are you afraid to die? You were born to die. You were given a time, a time in which to work out your holiness, your union with God, and your salvation, to accept that salvation from Jesus. That's why you were born. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.